I'm Mark Reed Edwards, Chief Marketing Officer at HFS. Welcome to this HFS videocast of a special fireside chat between HFS CEO and Chief Analyst Phil First and CEO of Scan AI, Avinash Misra. So let me hand it over to Phil to get the discussion with Avinash underway. Phil, it's all yours. Thank you, Mark. Um, Avinash, great to see you again. So let's start by talking about process intelligence. Um, why is it such a topical area at the moment? Why should people care? Uh, Phil, first of all, what a pleasure to be with you again uh, uh, on a nice, uh, what, uh, relatively cooler day in Dallas, Texas today. <laughs> uh, it's been 100 plus throughout. Uh, to your question on why should people care, I think what is happening today is that there's increasing realization that the um, inputs that we are making into making things better from an operational perspective, from a transformation perspective, are not giving the results that they're supposed to. And uh, there's the realization that there is uh, work that we are doing in silos, and there are inputs that we are giving to those silos, and automation is a good example. But there's a realization that we must understand the end-to-end -end and uh, use that knowledge to be able to optimize, to be able to transform uh, these business processes. So the word process intelligence in some sense is a proxy for this end-to-end -end understanding, holistic understanding of the way an organization works. Now, hidden in all of this is also, uh, in some sense, the cause and effect. For a long time now, the, uh, the efficient arguments for these kind of things have been all around efficiency. Uh, however, there's now greater realization that it's not just the efficiency, but the effectiveness of these processes or the work that an organization does. And so uh, companies such as ourselves, and we, we believe that we are at the forefront of this uh, process intelligence revolution, are trying to find the most non-intrusive, uh, the, uh, the fastest ways to rapidly understanding uh, work as it happens at the edge of work, where humans and digital systems come together. That's one part, understanding that. And then secondly, being able to link that to outcomes. Uh, being able to understand based on what's happening or what we did, how did it actually work out by way of outcomes. So that is the overall realm of process intelligence, and the world is moving more and more towards this cause-effect understanding, uh, and we use the word process intelligence for it. Okay. And, um, you know, we, we've seen this evolution of task mining and process mining and process discovery, now process intelligence, which my analysts keep telling me is, is the coming together of mining and discovery. But what, what is it exactly? If you had to had to explain to your mom and dad or someone down yeah. in a fine bar what, what this is, what, what is it? At the heart of it, it is observation of uh, human digital interactions and not just their actions, but also the context in which those actions are taking place. That context comes from where in the process that action is, where is a human inserting themselves on what application. Also, context comes from what's the data on those applications in the moment and before and after. And all of this data put together tells us uh, truly from an end-to-end -end perspective, how did work actually happen? Uh, now, humans are reliably unreliable in uh, repeating back to someone else how something happened. Uh, so observation is the only way uh, to get rid of the bias that exists in people's minds, that exists in organizations, because organizations tend to do things that feel right, right, or tend to act on things that feel right. And so how do you remove all of this? 
the act of observation clarifies, and act of repeated observation over a large set clarifies further. So uh, I would say that ours is a technology that brings together uh, the all of the interactions that humans have with digital systems, the context and the data during the point of interactions, and using that to build out the totality of work that an organization does. That's the first part. The second part is that if you have a digital twin, it is still not complete of what I just described. It is not complete because you're still not linking it to uh, the effects of this work that you've done. And so the final, uh, digital twin or the, uh, the most advanced process intelligence framework would uh, also take into account uh, what these actions end up meaning, let's say to cost, to effectiveness, to uh, customer satisfaction, to many of these things that organizations want to control. And so the loop back of this entire thing put together is, is what I call as process intelligence. So we're connecting people, data, and processes to drive enterprise transformation. Indeed, and and, and that's a, that's a smarter way of saying that. But I still want to add uh, outcomes to this. I think yeah. there's far lesser attention being paid to outcomes. We are focusing on the efficiency argument and not the effectiveness argument. Once you add the effectiveness argument to this this equation, then the loop gets complete. Okay. So what's the link between we came through 10 years of RPA. So we got our 10th anniversary of RPA coming up in a couple of months and the evolution of fixing stuff that needed fixing to this uh, much more advanced thinking around discovering, linking, connecting humans and digital. What is the link between RPA and process intelligence and where do you see this going next? Um, I think the the the, uh, the link. In fact, if uh, if I look back on the founding of Scan and uh, many of the companies uh, in similar light, right? Uh, all of us. Uh, I have a big background in RPA. In fact, uh, I used to work for uh, a very large BPM player, uh, and we were in charge. Me and my current co-founder were in charge of uh, many of those RPA initiatives there. And uh, uh, to all the failures that we had on the RPA side, right, uh, or the challenges that we have on the RPA side. Ultimately, we attributed it to not knowing enough about the nuances, permutations, and exceptions uh, in the work that was happening, and not having an end-to-end -end understanding of work. And most of our RPA efforts, uh, and even so, to some point even today, are focused on silos on the task. So while you might optimize that task, uh, you still are left with uh, with many of such tasks put together, which are still unoptimized. Your entire output is then premised on your weakest link in that chain of tasks. So one of the things that I think uh, the evolution that is happening is to move from, uh, and in some sense, you've already spoken about this in your horizon two uh, of the one office thing, is that moving from this task orientation to the end-to-end -end understanding of business processes um, and the work that they, and the outcomes that they generate. So I think that's the evolution that is happening. And we, in fact, uh, I will be the first one to say that uh, it was RPA that showed uh, uh, that shown a you know, cold, harsh light of immediacy of the problem, uh, which is that we truly do not understand, let alone understanding the end-to-end -end work, we still don't understand the tasks as well. So as a result, uh, you know, companies such as ourselves and, uh, were born to first understand the task and then we began to realize very quickly that if you understand this task and you understand end-to-end, -end, then there's greater benefit beyond automation. Uh, it goes 
more towards the operational and how people are running those things. So that insight is valuable to automation, but even more valuable to an operational leader, to a transformational leader who is looking at work end to end and to the outcomes that they are producing through those processes. Are you seeing a much stronger involvement from the CTO, the CIO in automations and, and process intelligence now within the clients that you talk to? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. At the same time, I also believe that um, at least in our customer base, we have a very uh, a strong relationship between the CTO, CIO and the line of business owners. Uh, and we've seen the best outcomes come together when both those, uh, when the, both those stakeholders are involved. Uh, at the same time, I think increasingly now, uh, the CIOs and CTOs are much better informed than they were about two years ago on the on the notion of understanding work, on the notion of mapping work, yeah. and uh, their choices on process intelligence and so on. So, for I remember two years ago, you know, the people used to say, "You do what? You 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 observe screens to do what?" To now saying, "Well, how is this different from other approaches? You can observe the screen, but can you also connect it to backend data and so on and so forth?" And so our technology has also evolved, by the way. Uh, we are at the sweet spot and the interse intersection of, uh, you know, taking the best of what backend data says without actually going into backend data by looking at data on the screen and so on and so forth. So yeah. there, is, there is a, I would say, an evolution that is happening in our space as well. Absolutely. And I think the involvement of the CTO in particular uh, is very strong because A, um, they're excited about automations and doing things better. And B, they know how to start projects, get them done, finish projects. And I, and I think that was the big struggle pre-pandemic where a lot of business lines of business leaders tried to drive a lot of these process initiatives and they tended to hit a lot of brick walls, a lot of politics. And if you didn't have IT on board and building out uh, an industrialized platform at scale, things tended to fail. So I do feel the involvement of IT with business is where these things are starting to, to take shape. So tell me a bit about your, your company, Scan. You've, you've raised some money. You've made some noise in the market. Um, there's obviously been a, a bit of a crash in the tech market as well. Um, what, what, where are you in your evolution and what do you think is, is going to happen in this whole process tech industry? I think, first of all, uh, evolution is continuous. And uh, in some sense, uh, when markets crash, it gives companies uh, the time, uh, especially the people who have a strong thesis, the time and the customers, the time to really sit down and look at the problem uh, with a certain, um, I would say, pause and with a certain amount of focus. Uh, so I think what's happening now to all the venture-led um, uh, companies is that they are now fundamentally looking at uh, their space in much more deeper way. And, uh, and that gives us a lot of, lot of, uh, I would say, focus on saying, okay, what's what's the market? Where are we going? And so on and so forth, as opposed to a very, very hyper growth market where all you're chasing is logos and you know revenue and so on and so forth, right? So I think that number one gives us the pause. Number two, I think that um, there is, as you said, there's maturity that is happening. So technology is getting involved, business is getting in, evolved, involved and new use cases are emerging. And even as I speak, Phil, Phil, it surprises even us who think about this day in, day out, how customers, when given the same data about how their work is happening, how the business process is running, how the end-to-end -end process looks like, and what they correlated back to the kind of problems that historically they've always wanted to solve, but did not have an answer. Now, the, these problems go beyond just, hey, I want to automate. These problems go into the efficiency, the efficacy, 
the outcome orientation of what these processes were producing. So the root cause analysis, the cause effect thing is becoming stronger. So our industry ultimately will not be on process intelligence. It will be the coming together of the process intelligence that we call as process intelligence today and decisions that are made on those or outcomes that are produced from those. So the trajectory is clearly towards a set of work that humans do, a set of outcomes that the organization produces. Can you have a feedback loop and mechanism on all of this through the, the same acts of observation and continuous monitoring of both the work and its output? That's where I see the whole whole thing going. And in fact, in fact, you, uh, I, I don't need to tell you, uh, if you look back at your own thesis on, and I was going through that uh, earlier on the horizon two, horizon three, ultimately it's the same thing, right? Whether, uh, whether we look at connectedness within the enterprise or outside the enterprise, it's about outcomes and looping those back outcomes back into the work that the organization is doing. Interesting. And um, so as you look at um, you know, companies investing in these mega platforms like ServiceNow, Vega, Azure, these, these types of businesses. How do you see SCAN fitting into the, the corporate tech jigsaw as we look out out of the next sort of couple of years? I think they, uh, so first of all, uh, to the investment in, inter, in by, by the interventionist companies, right? So everyone has a certain kind of intervention. It may be a workflow kind of, it may be automation kind of intervention. Uh, discovery is very important to them. However, discovery is also important in other ways. So any investment that goes in by a interventionist company is focused on that intervention. However, there is always a space for the more secular and the independent analysis of work that is end-to-end -end that does not have a specific agenda for a specific integration, right? Uh, that intervention may be a bot, the intervention may be putting a new orchestration in place and so on and so forth. So I, I firmly believe that there is a, a strong space for the most secular process intelligence framework that beyond all the imperatives I, of what I want to do gives you a complete and unbiased picture of what should be done. Not just that, if it is done, then how, does, how do things evolve and what are the intended and the unintended consequences of the way work is happening in the organization? So telemetry is, is a given. Telemetry is bound to come to our industry. It has already come to much of human endeavors. Uh, BPM world needs telemetry and secular tel telemetry at that. Excellent. Well, so how did you end up doing this yourself, Abhinash? You've been a front-end figure in the services and tech for, for a long time. Uh, how did you end up building up a platform like this? And, and uh, is this... Uh, something that you'd recommend others do <laughs> no no I, I of course everyone should do what they 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 feel most passionate about uh, so i wouldn't recommend anyone anything other than they, they should uh, they should do what they like and the problem that they face themselves and like all i think some some things uh, uh, appear true in hindsight as you're doing it they don't but when you look back you see they're absolutely true when people say that uh, to be able to solve a problem you should have lived through the problem and uh, to your question as to how did I come to doing this is Manish Kirk, my co-founder and myself, who's by the way, Manish was also my co-founder the last 20 years, last company also was co-founded with him. Uh, so both of us actually lived through the problem. And uh, uh, in honesty, when, uh, when our last company was acquired by uh, Genpact, uh, we did not have a clue what we we're gonna do next, but uh, such is the conspiracy of the universe that you end up uh, solving hairy problems of automation, re-engineering, and transformation. 
and you begin to see well there is a not just at not just at, at in those circumstances but in general in the industry there is opacity uh, opacity of work and uh, technology is already there to remove that opacity how do you bring that technology to bear in uh, to bear in a manner so that a that opacity is removed and b uh, the removal of the opacity leads to certain outcomes uh, outcomes that organizations are looking for so and, and again uh, serendipity is that uh, uh, when you think of this idea at the same time uh, you know uh, you find a customer and then the customer says, if you build it, you buy it, then you go to an investor and say, well, the customer is saying this, so you get to raise some money. So I can't overstate the, uh, the influence of, uh, of serendipity and uh, good luck in being able to find uh, both cust initial customers as well as uh, people who will fund this venture. I love it, serendipity indeed. Um, well, I think you'll be gracing your presence at the uh, HFS Summit next month, so hopefully we'll have you uh, on stage and meeting with uh, many of our clients and friends as well, Evan Ash, and I look forward to seeing you again, and thanks for your time today. Phil, I cannot tell you uh, how thankful the world is um, for uh, folks such as yourselves who are now creating, moving beyond the online and coming back to the real world. So uh, forget about being on stage, just being in the presence of a lot of warm bodies and uh, seeing you all in three dimensions is reward enough, so I'm looking forward to it. Uh, indeed, it's been three long years, and it's coming back. Uh, I can't wait myself. So. Perfect. <laughs> All right. Perfect. Thank you again. Thanks, Thank Thanks Phil and Avinash. Uh, great discussion. Uh, to learn more about HFS, head over to hfsresearch.com, where you can view most of our research for free. Plus, we have a growing library of videocasts just like this that you can take with you wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you on the next HFS videocast.